Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage 2 Market Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. I'm here today with Kevin Allen, who is the founder and chairman of Recap Limited and Planet Jockey. Now, Kevin is recognized as one of the world's most accomplished growth professionals. He had a 30-year advertising career with the Interpublic Group and McCann Erickson, with highlights like the Priceless Campaign for MasterCard and his role in Rudy Giuliani's Merrill Quest. He now consults for companies around the world, and he's the author of the bestseller, The Hidden Agenda, A Proven Way to Business and Create a Following, and the right recently released The Case of the Missing Cutlery, a leadership course for the rising star, which has been featured on BBC Radio's Four Thought series. He's the creator of Planet Jockey, an award-winning online emotional intelligence leadership game. Welcome, Kevin. Well, well, thank you for having me. How are you? I'm great. So I want to find out that we're going to talk today about how getting to priceless needs a strategic idea and some of the truths uh, behind brand strategy development. So I was hoping right. that you could talk a little bit about some of these five eternal truths Correct. and how, how you would get to a, a powerful strategic idea. So um, tell us an idea like priceless, which was absolutely priceless. Is that a happy accident? How does that happen? Well, you know, it is and it isn't. I mean, I, I think there, uh, as Napoleon said, you know, uh, I, 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 I choose my generals because they're lucky. But I think it's a combination of both. But more importantly, I really do believe that um, lightning can strike twice, provided there are certain, certain elements built into your strategic process. Um, I once had a fellow by the name of Mike Petrides. He was part of the mayoral election. And, gosh, I was... I was scared of this guy. He was behind every possible win you could imagine. And finally, I got the nerve to say, Mike, what's the secret? And he very simply said, he says, you know, when three things align, the constituency, the candidate, and the context. And when those three things align, your candidate gets elected. Now, if you think about that, you know, it's a question of really what viscerally do you understand about your prospect? How does that connect to the essence, the emotional essence of the brand? And always remember that there's something going on out there, namely the world that that real people live in. That's absolutely critical. I I think you're right, Um, because otherwise if we we try to do anything outside of context, it just doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So you've got to be, you've got to be connected. You've got to build that relationship and you've got to talk to your, your prospects or constituents, depending what you're doing, on their own terms yeah. and in their own level. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, as mom used to say, if you, if you ask a silly question, you get a silly answer. Similarly, if you ask a functional question, you get a functional answer. I mean, how many studies have we done, usage studies and this and that, when actually um, no one makes a decision with their head. They make it with their heart. Oh, absolutely. Uh, when, yeah. I was writing, when I was writing the book, I, I was trying to think of, like, well, what's the – if, if at the end of the day, with all the fancy titles, um, we're really selling something here, whether it's a candidate or a box of soap. And so I called Mom, and I said, Mom, do you know anybody who sold something door-to-door? And she said, of course, Enid Merrin. I said, oh, my God, and I remembered Enid, this little lady. She sold world book encyclopedias 
Oh, yeah. And imagine, door, knock, knock, knock on the door. Can you imagine? And she was the top salesperson. I remember her well. So I called her. She's 88 years old. And I said, Enid, i got to ask you a very simple question. How on earth did you do this? She said, honey, remember this. A mother does not want a set of encyclopedia. She wants her kid to be president. <laughs> right. Yeah. At the end of the day, there's a deeper, more meaningful desire. And I don't care whether it's people say low interest categories. Nonsense. There's no such thing. Uh, because behind the product and the service lies a deep emotional uh, motivation. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. I mean, we, we relate. We, we may we may think things, and we may have to go through that in that kind of uh, intellectual capacity. Yeah. But yeah. we make decisions based on on emotions and how we feel <laughs> and how we connect. Yeah, it's true. So let's talk about a, a campaign called Honest Beauty, which is Dub. Yes. And that's yep. continuing for 15 years. It yep. continues to win awards at Con. Yep. Why is that? Are they connecting on that emotional level? Really, what is it about that that makes them different? Well, I absolutely adore that campaign. And, you know, as a happy coincidence, when I was at McCann working with my, the team on Priceless, a wonderful woman by the name of Daryl Fielding, who's today a very dear friend of mine, was over across the street at a place called Ogilvy working on the, on, the, uh, on the beginnings of the Honest Beauty campaign. And we were together in Cannes when, when, they, when the, the titanium was won. Can you imagine how she felt? Right. I, I think that, and that's what's so cool about this is, you know, we said, well, it's the Internet and the, this and the social media and blah, 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 blah. All of that is vitally important. I mean, there's no question that engaging with people will evolve as quickly and, as, and with as much complexity as technology will allow us to do so. But at the end of the day, we're still dealing with people. And imagine uh, Daryl and her colleagues are sitting around the room looking at beauty advertising, right, from all different competitors. And you can imagine what it all looked like. It's what I call the category idiom. It's like everything looks the same. Imagine Caribbean, advertise, Caribbean vacation advertising, right. you know, blue, blue water. Beauty advertising is all these 98-pound women. <laughs> right. And, and they so all look gorgeous, and they all use <laughs> products that are probably more or less very similar. All right. And here's Daryl looking at this stuff going, you know what? This makes me mad because I don't look like this. And the implication of this communication is that if I don't look like this, I'm not beautiful, and I reject it. Ah. And so if you think about this eternal truth inside the Dove Honest Beauty is that everyone, in their own way, is beautiful, and and as a, re- a result, it touches this fundamental joy in, inside of people and continues to do so. I mean that that viral program Dove Sketches, where the FBI artist draws draws a picture of a person and compares uh, the person as they describe themselves to the person that everybody else described. And you see yet again what what a brilliant idea that is. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. Amazing. And so simple, right? So yeah. simple, not something that, that there's no gimmicks, there's nothing yeah. fancy about it, there's no technology, it just gets to the heart of what needs yeah. to be done. Well, you know, I think you, you really mentioned something that's so operative in all this, and I really think that, you know, to get to great is to be a great distiller, Um I don't know how many times, and I'm sure we've all seen, you know, the 82-page PowerPoint deck. Oh, wow. Somehow that has got to get distilled to a nugget of, 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 of truth uh, that leads to, a, you know, a, a profound human reaction. And that's the trick here. 
I agree, absolutely, because none of us want to be bored with all the details, all the features, no. all the benefits. It's what are you going to do for me and what do you want me to remember? And I yeah. can't remember a lot. Uh, and, again, no matter what the technology, and, yes, we do have social media, we have all kinds of interesting things happening, but no matter what the technology, uh, we still need to, to get to that, that core belief and that core strategic idea that people want to remember. There's a, there's a million different strategy formats that we could use. Are there any that stand out, and why would you why would you suggest using one versus all the others? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I, and when I'm spending time with uh, with either advertising agencies or marketing clients, I say to them, I really don't care what the format is exactly, uh, because they will vary from company to company. All I care about is that there are five truths to an idea, and, I, and I've laid them out as the five truths to the one idea, and they can be labeled differently, they, they can be in different order, you can have probably more or less stuff, but my experience is if you don't have these five things and you don't have an idea, a strategic idea, um, you're never going to get to great. So tell me about these five things, what are they? Okay, I'd be happy to. The first one is what I call real ambition. Now, anybody has ambition grow 50%, grow 20%, blah, 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 blah. A real ambition is creating something amazing that didn't exist before. It's sort of like when Kennedy said, we choose to go to the moon not because it's easy, because it's hard. You know, that kind Correct. of thing. So before everybody begins, both the client and the agency partner have to sit around a table and say, you know what, this is the one. And agree beforehand that they're going to the moon. They're not going to circle, you know, they're not going to go to Australia. They're not going to circle the earth. They're not going to rest <laughs> and, uh, until they get to the moon. And that's terribly important because I think when you collectively agree that you want something great, um, if you stick to it, you'll get it. The second piece is borrowed again from politics. It's called the conceptual target. I love, I love this. I think it's probably one of the most important elements. You can describe a target, you know, women. I mean, let's take the Dove later. The okay. women, 25 to 54, blah, blah, blah. Well, that doesn't tell me anything. You know, it just tells me that there's, you know, millions of them. But a conceptual target is a emotion-based, a desire-based definition of who those people are. Um, soccer mom was one of the great conceptual targets, actually created by a friend of mine, actually, during the Clinton election. Was called a and he invented, or at least as I know it, the notion of conceptual targeting. So, and the beauty is, it, it's, it's irrelevant of, of, of demographic. You know, what's common to someone living in a small apartment or living on Sutton Place is they all feel that the person they are as they are is beautiful. It doesn't matter what the demos, demographics are. So conceptually, and they have to be emotive, road warrior, right. uh, the bedrock New Yorkers, the good revolvers, you know, on and on. It should really, when you say the term of that conceptual target, you can almost paint a picture in your mind of who they are. The third one is the core desire. What do they seek? And, you know, you may be selling bubble gum, but, but as Enid said, they don't want encyclopedias. What do these people really, really want? You know, in the case of Priceless, it was, I, want, I don't want a rich lifestyle. Um, I want a rich life. Mm. And so that group of people re would responded more to the DNA of MasterCard than it did of any other. So that core desire is very important. Now, 
we've described both the ambition and the sort of the, the target, but now it's time to turn to the other two uh, elements that are left in the five truths, and that's all about you, the brand. And the first is the core belief. Um, I believe that a brand is a community of people bound by a belief system. You know, mm. I call it a brand citizenship. You know, we all have brands we love, and the reason we do is because there's something about what it stands for that is almost tribal. So the core desire is what do we believe as a brand? So you can imagine Honest Beauty would believe that we believe every woman is beautiful. Or MasterCard is good people buying good things for good reason. And you can see, just as Mike Petridi said earlier, they connect, as you can see. Now, the final fact before we get to the big, big moment is it doesn't mean when we're talking about emotional elements here that we're not going to become specific to the product or service we sell. But we're going to talk about a compelling fact, not a compelling 600 facts <laughs> or 50 or 5 or 20. It's what is the one compelling reason to believe um, that supports all of this. And that's really, really hard to do, but it requires discipline and decision-making. Now, you might say that we're done, and you might even say that, well, okay, don't we just turn this over to the agency? But actually, I believe that the, that the, that the strategic community and the brand community have to have a strategic idea. And what, if someone drove up in a taxi and, and you said, okay, what's the idea here strategically? You should be able to say that. For example, in the MasterCard example, the best way to pay for things that matter. I mean, mm. it's exquisite. And all the creative team needed, needed was to look at that line and go, oh, got it, you know, and read the other elements, yeah? So that's something that's really, really important before, before you begin. So it's the five truths to the one idea. Love it. Love it. And what I love about this is we're getting back to basic truths and strategies that, yeah. that don't change no matter whether you nope. – in the old days we were doing broadcast TV and four-color yep. brochures and billboards, <laughs> or today we're, you know, we're web and we're online. Yeah. Yeah. And I talk about this in my book, Marketing Above the Noise, that yeah. you, yes, you can deliver with social media and digital and all of that, but if you don't go back to the basics of marketing, what yeah. you're delivering doesn't make any sense. No, and I think that's what I'm hearing the same thing with you here. Yep. If you don't have that ambition, that target, understand the, the brand belief, the compelling fact, the strategic idea, yep. it's not going to matter. No, and you're going to go all. off in a direction and you won't be successful. Not at all. I completely agree with you. And more, more so, that should all fit on a single sheet of paper. Right. Uh, yeah, we're not talking about building a, a, <laughs> a binder that sits on itself. Yeah. War and peace. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think exactly. that's right, and and uh, and it's hard. And the reason it's hard is because it's causing you to make a decision. Um, you know, the PowerPoint or any of these other things allow you. Uh, and I think to your earlier point about older forms of communication, because they were not long form, they required brevity. You simply had no right. choice. You can't fit any more words in a 60-second radio spot or a 30-second TV spot or a poster, which is my favorite. Whenever I do workshops, I always, always ask the team, create me a poster. Because at the end of the day, you know, that's the ultimate distillation is a photograph and a single line of copy. Love it. Love it. So that's, that's true. You've got to get back to the basics. You've got to get down to the core information here and not be worrying about 
all the details of how you're going to deliver that because how you deliver today is different than it was five years ago and will be different five years yeah. from now, but right. it doesn't matter. You've still got to have these basics. No, you're so right. These are the enduring truths. I completely agree with you. So one more thing, Kevin. You talk a lot yeah. about the strategic idea. So yep. and where does that kind of come from between the agency, the, the client, the the brand people, the strategic marketers, who, yeah. who comes up with that strategic well, idea? Really Is it a group point. effort? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the old days, gosh, I mean, I remember working as a young account guy at McCann Erickson, and there was, you know, 14 floors we had in in New York, and wow. there were the creative floors were like inner sanctum. Some of us almost never went there. <laughs> yeah. And it was the idea that, that this compartmentalization um, – I really do believe that that high performance comes from collaboration first and foremost, and people are confident enough to have people in the room um, is the way is is the reason to, is the way to go. Now, it may be that that so the strategic community, uh, perhaps the agency community, can carry the five truths forward, but there is nothing that that replaces um, a a joint ideation process and joint agreement. Not to where it becomes a camel or a committee, and I'm, I do caveat that, and it's really important. I believe that creating teams have to be very, very small, no more than eight. Um, but you know, the, 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 the advantage of that collaboration means that both client and agency are bought in, and there's a vested interest in, in greatness as a result. I love that. I love that because it, it really does bring together the essence of a team, which is we are working together. Yeah. And it's not the agency versus the client. It's not this one versus that one. But nope. how do we work together to get the right yeah. strategic thinking through there? And I love what you're saying about how, you know, the creatives were on one floor, the account <laughs> managers were on the other floor. That's sort of what happened after Mad Men before we got yeah. to today. It's true. It's uh, very true. Yes. Indeed. Yeah, and it's, uh, you, you didn't talk to the creatives because they were, they were kind of nope. their own breed. Oh, yeah, they were really terrifying. The, the, old, the old expression of throwing T-squares at account guys, you know, I do yeah. remember those days. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Today you can't do that. Today you've got to have people on board working together cooperatively and, and coming up with these, these great strategic ideas. No question about it. Great. Well, we've been talking with Kevin Allen, uh, and Kevin is the founder and chairman of Recap, which is a business transformation company, and he's also the creator of Planet Jockey, an award-winning online emotional intelligence leadership game. Kevin, how would people find out more about what you're doing and what you've got going on here? Well, if they uh, certainly just Google my name, but if they, they want to see about the, the, the company, uh, www.rekapltd.com, or they can just put Planet Jockey in and they can, they can have a gander at our online leadership game. That sounds like fun. And Kevin's new book is The Case of the Missing Cutlery, a leadership course for the rising star, which sounds like it should be a mystery. <laughs> and, uh, and, and did the butler do it in the pantry? Well, n no, but there's a few twists and turns. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Kevin. It's been great thank to you. have you here. It's a pleasure. This is Linda Popke. Until next time, thank you for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by Leverage 2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, Contact us at www.leverage2market.com.